Hey, this is Karen, Coach's Corner Chats, and this is our second panel discussion. Uh, joining me is Lindsay Hazard and Jennifer Searles. We're going to be talking about nutrition. It's one of those buzzwords that's out there that people say we got to talk about it, but a lot of us coaches that I've talked to don't know exactly what that entails. So hopefully after tonight's discussion, we'll have a better idea. Uh, Lindsay, go ahead and introduce yourself, where you're at, and all the good stuff. Hi, my name is Lindsay Hazard. I am a dietitian out of Dallas, Texas, and I love it, working with young and teen athletes all over. Jennifer, where are you at and what are you up to? Yeah, I'm Jennifer Searles, uh, Thrive Nutrition Cincinnati, and I'm located in Cincinnati, obviously, and serving also the Northern Kentucky kind of area. So um, licensed in both Ohio and Kentucky. Um, I also enjoy the the middle school, high school, early college kind of athlete. Um, I've raised athletes, so um, that's sort of how I got into this gig. And um, yeah, counseling one on one, giving education to you know larger training programs, and um, you know they're already investing so much in what they're doing, and nutrition kind of feels like that missing link. Um, so that's why I'm excited about this. All right, so we'll rock and roll with our first kind of mini topic. So. What are some of the issues that you see when you're working with teens and young adults that maybe that, why is it a missing piece for a number of them? And either one can hop right in. <laughs> well, I think, you know, kids are, as they grow into their sport, you know, parents do a lot um, when they're young and then they're, they're getting to that point where they're starting to have a lot more independence, a lot more choice um, as they get to driving than, you know, there's a lot of peer influence. They go out with their friends. They, they've got a lot more going on. Um, and so those are unique challenges that maybe they've never seen before and parents have never had to deal with before. And helping them make their own good choices can be challenging because nobody's doing it for them. And so then it becomes the easy, convenient thing. Um, so that's, I think, one of the big ones that I see a lot is just like, oh, I'm too lazy to cut up the apple. <laughs> yes. So I'll grab the bar instead because all I have to do is open the package. So that that's a big one. Yeah. And another one I see is with school sports and club sports, their schedules get so jammed packed. They're just not quite sure how, how do I get in all the nutrition that I need and when, <laughs> when do I get it in and what? And, and so that can be a challenge. And that could be a challenge for me as the dietitian too, to help figure out how can we get in all the nutrition that you need when you're practicing so many hours of the day. So it's definitely something that I've seen a lot of lately. Yeah. And kind of building on that busyness, it's also a super stressful time for kids, right? Mm -hmm. You know, they're, especially as they get up into high school, thinking about where they want to go to college, the classes get really hard, the homework load, plus the sport, you know, it, it's, it can be overwhelming. And plus they're still immature, right? They're still growing up. Um, and how do you manage all that? And with all the mental health issues we, you know, are now more aware of, um, it just all compounds and then food ends up at the bottom of the list, or it's a more of a medication, um, to help them feel better and cope versus something that can really nourish them and help them cope in positive ways versus just the indulgences, um, that, you know, and they may see that from their parents. Um, I know I'm guilty of that where, you know, if I'm having a bad day, I like ice cream, you know, <laughs> so, you know, these are just things that we pass on, um, Plus, you've got hormones going on and puberty and growth spurts. There's a lot going on, these little guys. So, mm -hmm. and gals, you know, they just, they don't know what's happening to them. And, but they have 
much more freedom than they used to. So um, it gets challenging. And then you go to college and then it's like a whole other, how do I manage myself? So, oh gosh, yeah. So the next thing that kind of comes up then is what is good nutrition? So like what things, so if they want to start adding it in and they can find a balance of, I will cut the apple or I'll find time to prepare the night before for my busy schedule. What kind of things does good nutrition even look like? And why is it so important? Like what's the, what is it? How does it help the athlete itself, themselves? Lindsay, go ahead and take this one. I was like, there's so many things that nutrition does for athletes. Um, typically when I start working with athletes, um, they're typically motivated by sport, right? Their performance in sport. So we will talk a lot about energy for training and then recovering from training. And I find that gets a lot of good buy-in because nutrition is so important for energy. And we're not going to have energy at practice if we haven't ate in six hours. And then on the flip side for recovery, if we don't give our body what it needs in order to recover, how is that supposed to happen? So that's definitely a place I like to start with athletes is in the, because they're so young, they see change really quickly, especially that energy, the energy front. When I get athletes that actually will start taking in a snack before practice, they're like, Lindsay, I didn't even know, like I was supposed to have this energy. And that can be a great way to, to go into, okay, like what should our actual meals look like around training? Because they, they start trusting and, and believing that nutrition does work. Yeah. Those big positive outcomes is exciting because mm -hmm. they creates buy-in, which is awesome. Um, I also, you know, uh, you see a lot of athletes that are just underfueled. They're just not eating enough. Um, and, you know, kids are also growing, right? So you're not only fueling your sport, you're fueling your physical and mental growth, um, which is astronomical at these ages, right? These huge growth spurts in the boys um, through high school and early college and the girls a little bit earlier, um, you know, and, and most people are walking around, you know, no breakfast, no snack, maybe, you know, a school lunch, which teenagers is just not big enough. Mm -hmm. Oh, I didn't bring my snack. So really they haven't had a whole lot of calories before practice. Mm -hmm. Then you run into uh, sort of that nervous gut, you know, if they kind of training to eat before practice is, is new for a lot of kids too, you know, or they're afraid to eat because they'll have GI distress or something like that. Um, so that can be uh, something to watch out for, you know, and, and work your way into with them, um, testing different foods and that kind of stuff. I also, you know, in school, so on and off the field is a big area for me where I like to talk like, okay, athlete, but student. Student. <laughs> human being, right? I think when you're, your emotional health, you know, if you're well-fueled, I've been hangry, you've been hangry, you know, you're not a very good human being when you're hangry. And so let, let alone a good teammate. Um, or a friend or anything that like school sports in particular is all about kind of that social aspect. Um, so I think a well-fueled athlete really, you know, not only the physical performance, which is usually why they come, right. Mm -hmm. But supporting the growth, um, supporting the mental development and their ability to perform in school um, as well as their emotional support to, um, you know, help them be good people and able to deal with adversity. You know um, when you're not fueled, the sky is falling on every little thing. And that's what we want to get beyond, uh, which translates not only in life, but also into um, their play, you know, making decisions quickly and things like that on the field or on the court. Mm -hmm. 
something that popped up in my head was we're talking about busy schedules and the age of a lot of these players. It's the parents that are having to get them to practices and, and, you know, to games and all that type of stuff or get them to school, pick them up from school. How important is it to not just educate the players, but how important is it to get the parents in the loop? Because I know talking to like a 13 year old, that doesn't always get taken home and the message clearly doesn't get there. How important is it to go kind of holistic and get everybody that's a part of that player's, I guess, life in a way kind of locked in and educated? I think it's really important, especially if I know as a mom myself, I'm the one who's primarily putting that food on the table or bringing those snacks or packing those lunches. So definitely making sure the parents are understanding the message the same way that the teen is interpreting it so that they can be supportive. Um, I find that most of the parents of athletes that I'm working with are more than willing to help and do what needs to be done. They just often don't know or don't realize what their athlete needs, especially when speaking about under feelings, that's definitely something we see a lot of is most parents aren't even aware that these kids have really, really high energy needs. They're not just small adults. They are, they're in like the biggest period of, of growth and development um, that we're going to see once we're, we're in that teenage years and making sure that we're giving them enough food to nourish their bodies to get through life and all the, the sports. Yeah, I definitely see, um, you know, with the younger ones when they're in those 13, 14, you know, the parent is always in the appointment with them because they need to hear. Um, usually the parent has been the one that has initiated the contact in the first place because they're concerned or, you know, they want to help their kid be the best they can be. So it's like another thing that, that they want to add to the regimen, um, which is great. And a lot of the messages I try to give is like, you are not your mom, right? Like your mom has to think about her health and her weight and her energy levels and things like that a lot differently in her body than you do in your body, right? And so, you know, while your mom's trying to maybe not eat as many carbs or, um, you know, have smaller portions or whatever, that's not necessarily, or not eat after dinner for a snack, that's not necessarily right for you. You know, you should have a bedtime snack maybe if you're a little underweight or underfueled or trying to, you know, put on some, um, growth and you're, you know, you're in a growth spurt or something, you need those extra calories. And so don't feel bad about that. Don't eat like your parents. Conversely, mm -hmm. parents don't eat like your kids, right? Cause that's not good for us either at our age. So, um, those are, you know, uh, points that I try to hit as the parent is sitting there so that it's okay if they're a little different, you know, maybe it's portion size, maybe it's variety, something like that. Um, that the kid needs that the parent doesn't necessarily need. Um, I also think that uh, when the kid is bought in, then they can, you know, even if the parent wasn't in, like if it's a team education or something, if the, if the child is asking for it and helping, feeling empowered to like, let's help out with the process. I think that's kind of the win-win, right? Mm -hmm. So, you know, we'll go to the grocery store, you know, as parents, like, well, let's go to the grocery store and pick out some things, you know, and try and learn it and do it together is probably the best way to go about it. Because then you kind of have buy-in from both sides versus, oh, my mom's making me go to the dietitian, you know. Um, and as soon as they, like Lindsay said, as soon as they get that, wow, I have so much energy, mm -hmm. um, then that's immediate buy-in, right? It's great. 
And when we're learning these new skills, like learning, okay, how do we build these plates? They're also learning cooking skills. And mm -hmm. it's so great for even 13, 14 year olds to start learning how to cook because the older they get, like you mentioned earlier, the more independent they are and the more they're out there making their own choices. And then thinking about college and beyond, cooking skills are great to have. Uh, it, I mean, being able to feed yourself, such a gift, right? Yes. Yeah. And, you know, not everybody plays sport long term. Mm -hmm. So there is life after sport and good nutrition habits after sport that the earlier we start, um, the better off they're going to be in their mid twenties. You know, even mm -hmm. if they play in college, they're probably not going to be pro. So how, you know, how do those things translate into later life as well? So all good skills. Mm -hmm. That made me think that microwaves are wonderful, but they have not helped in terms of, you know, creating those cooking skills or ability to like have fresh fruits and fresh vegetables and cooking actual mm -hmm. meat and stuff like that. It's really quick into it. And talking about that, uh, we'll move on to what are some good fueling hydration guidelines? You know, Lindsay talked about when that, when the player starts to find out that holy moly by adding this couple snacks or this thing to my nutrition repertoire, I feel much, much better. So maybe what things can players start doing consistently now and start building on? Um, and then timing-wise, I know a lot of coaches talk about, you talked about before practice, um, how important is it after games, um, all those types of things. I know there's a lot of you know practice versus playing a game and all that, and it has different expectations of what the needs are. But what are some kind of maybe basic guidelines that people – or players, parents could follow um, to kind of get started. Jennifer, go ahead and start us on this one. Well, the the first thing here is it really depends on um, like, well, it's not a one size fits all approach, right? Mm -hmm. What kind of sport are you playing? How much of that sport do you play? If you're a soccer player and you're a 90 minute player, that's a different nutrition plan than a 15 minutes a half sub, right? Mm -hmm. So like be really honest about what energy you're going to expend because if you overnourish, that's not so awesome either, right? Um, cause you're, then you're not burning it off. So you want to, you know, what we're dietitians. So we'll say you should call your dietitian and get your, um, you know, individualized <laughs> nutrition plan for your specific needs. But, um, there's so many factors, you know, not only sport, playing time, intensity, um, what part of the season are you in, you know, are you preseason during the season or off season? Are you, um, working on any particular goal? You know, are you, trying to build strength in the off season, or are you recovering from injury or, you know, there's all kinds of things that, that impact your specific nutrition plan. So that's, it's kind of the caveat as we talk mm -hmm. about this. Yes. <laughs> one size fits all. Are you in a growth spurt? Are you male or female? Mm -hmm. you know, kind of stuff like that. But in general, um, and Lindsay, you can chime in here too. Like there's like your day-to-day -day nutrition. So your meals and snacks, um, and the quality of the things that go into that balance, variety, you know, all the good FDA, you know, um, whole fruits and vegetables and whole grains and lean proteins and dairy and all that stuff, right, um, makes up a good sports nutrition plan as well. But then in addition, it's timing. So when you come to practices and games, there's a before fueling strategy so that you're, you're topped off. You've got glycogen stores in your muscles. You've got, you know, you're well hydrated and ready to go so that you're, you're not starting low, right? You want to start as best as you can. Um, 
depending on what you're playing, there might be some during, um, you know, if it, if the duration is 90 minutes or longer, um, a race, you know, endurance kind of sports. Um, and then there's the recovery after, and that'll depend too on when you're going to play again. Like if you don't, if you have a Friday night game and you don't play again until Monday, like whatever, but if you're playing again Saturday and then again on Sunday, then that's a different fueling strategy where you got to like turn it around and get your energy stores back up. So you're ready to go. Mm-hmm. Right. Or if you're building strength and it's, you know, trying to make sure the building blocks for that are in place so that you're not wasting your effort. So Lindsay, you can. Yes. And yeah. On top of all of that, I just gave a talk to parents last night. And when it comes to nutrition, it's like the everyday meals and snacks are going to make the biggest impact. And it's the most boring and it's the most monotonous, but it's awesome. And it will pay off and and it's going to do great things for you. But it's it's not just about, okay, what am I eating in the two hours before my game? It's really, what are, what are you doing all throughout the week that's going to set your body up for success going into that game? Um, and I think that's really important for athletes to understand and, and their families, because I feel like the, the questions I get all the time are like, okay, what should I eat before my game? Or what should I be drinking during my game? And it's, it's like, yes, that stuff's great. And that stuff can make a difference, but we really do need to focus on like that bottom of the pyramid, the base and, and be eating well all the time. Um, and of, of course, it's fine to occasionally have those French fries, but that base of the pyramid is really going to set us up for success when it comes to the, the game day. A lot of the comments so far have been the food side. What about the hydration, the drinking water or Gatorades? Okay. Can I, can a kid drink a Mountain Dew or a monster or those things even, <laughs> even touchable? Uh, on there, you know, we hear different stories about, yes, drink Gatorade after or during or what things should they be putting in? I'm assuming water is a big winner, but are there other things that they need to stay on top of? And why is that hydration such an important piece? So hydration is definitely an important piece. And there's a lot of factors that come into play with that too. I will always say definitely want to be drinking our water. Um, I'm telling athletes like I love Gatorade during sport during certain situations, but I do not need to see you drinking Gatorade with your lunch. Energy drinks like Monster, Celsius, all of those I am I say, let's not do those. Like, let's talk about what can actually give us energy um, and actually fuel us for sport, not the bursts that we get from whatever ingredients are <laughs> are in the, the proprietary blends of these energy drinks. Um, so for my athletes, for hydration, a lot of that depends on climate too. Um, so I'm here in Dallas and it gets really, really hot here. And so when it's hot out and especially for training outdoors, um, even here, if we're training outdoors at nine o'clock, it's like 90 degrees. So we have we to stay- in Cincinnati. <laughs> <laughs> so we have to stay on top of hydration and that is where electrolyte supplements can, can be really helpful because that just helps pull that water in to help, to help keep us really hydrated. Um, and, and I just kind of work with athletes that way, but it's kind of like our meals. We want to be hydrated all the time. We're not just chugging water on game day. It's something we want to focus on on a daily basis. And I typically have athletes start with, okay, 
let's take half your body weight in ounces and let's at least try to hit that minimum a day. And, and let's look at how much are you sweating? Are you someone who's like me, who is completely drenched in sweat, salt lines everywhere? Or are you someone who doesn't sweat, sweat a ton um, during your training or during your games? And it's not something that we have to be like, really, really concerned with, with during. Um, and we just kind of look at, we can calculate sweat rate. There's a lot of different things we can do to really get down to the nitty gritty, but overall water's great. Um, definitely can use things like Gatorade and Powerade when we hit like that 90 minute mark. Um, if we know we're going to be playing for 90 minutes or practice last 90 minutes, it can be really useful to help keep our energy up and help keep us hydrated overall. Yeah, I agree. I always tell, um, you know, Gatorade, Gatorade and those kind of things are sports drinks, not recreational drinks, right? And so if you're not, <laughs> then you don't need it, right? Mm -hmm. um, so because it does have a lot of things that you don't need if you're not, mm -hmm. um, a lot of sugar, a lot of salt. Um, so yeah, I agree. Let's not be drinking it with our lunch, right? Um, now there's other, and, and we don't have the heat like that here in Cincinnati most of the year. Um, mm -hmm. But yeah, when you're in high heat environments, high humidity environments, you're going to need to replace more than maybe just water, right? Mm -hmm. Even if practice is a little shorter, your energy expenditure isn't so bad or isn't as intense as maybe um, at other times. Um, you still may need that. And yeah, like Lindsay said, your sweat rate, um, the kind of sweater you are, you know, if you're salty, then you're going to need to replace that. Meaning like if your shirt has rings on it after it dries, um, that's a good way to tell, you know, just observation, see what it's like. Do you feel crusty on your skin? You know, that kind of thing. Um, and then, you know, even, even swimmers, swimmers sweat. So like when they're in the water, so don't, oh, I don't feel like I'm sweaty. Like if you, you're skiing or you're swimming or you're doing things that don't, where you don't perceive the sweat, you are still sweating. So, mm -hmm. you know, and still need to be hydrated and still need to um, maintain that. So, you know, I saw something on Instagram the other day, like, you know, I, somebody my age um, survived school without a water bottle, right? And how did we do that? Because today you're just not... <laughs> Cool. So, you know, make sure that you're carrying your water bottle um, through school because it's, you know, totally 100% socially acceptable now and the teachers mm -hmm. and whatever. So um, there's really no excuse to not be hydrated um, because you just have access to it all the time. But no, I don't think sports drinks are really necessary, except, uh, you know, until you get to that point where you're like super sweating, your um, tournament. Yeah, tournaments, you have to turn it around. It's a good, the thing I will say about sports drinks is it's a good liquid way to get calories. So mm -hmm. if you do have a nervous stomach, if you do um, just struggle with even eating, you know, some of these guys that are so lean, they just can't take in enough calories. Like they're, you know, drink a Gatorade. It's got a ton of calories in it. And, you know, that could be a good way that's easier on the stomach maybe mm -hmm. um, than solid food. So, it, you know, athlete by athlete. So the the name of the ch the discussion is coaching and the and player nutrition. What are some of the roles that coaches play in this whole scenario? What things can they be doing maybe as, you know, for practices or for games? What can they do to start educating like if they watch this discussion and they take away some little tidbits, what can the coach do to help um, kind of bridge this gap that maybe the missing piece in this whole kind of player development thing. Lindsay, go ahead and take away. They could bring us in, right, to talk to their their, their parents, <laughs> their athletes. And I really, I honestly think that is a great idea. Like bring mm -hmm. a dietitian in to come in and talk about nutrition, um, talk very high level. What are some things that they can start doing? Because everyone 
they like hearing information, but they really want an action plan. Like what steps can I take to help work on my nutrition? And that is something that I feel like both of us probably do on a daily basis. And it can be very useful. And it just gets the idea planted in, in that athlete's head that, oh, hey, like this actually could make a difference. And a lot of times, especially parents are looking for their kid to get that the couple extra percentage points better. Nutrition is Definitely. I haven't met anyone (laughs) eating super, super well, right? So we can start using nutrition to really help them make those those gains in performance. And like Jennifer mentioned, it's a lot of life skills too um, when it comes to nutrition. And then on the coach's side, coaches have such an influence. Um, I've worked with athletes who they're like, oh, like my coach says I can't have X, Y, Z. So they, they won't include it in their diet. And so just knowing that your influence is really big on these kids. And when you tell them to do something, they are listening, even though it may not seem like it at the time they're hearing what you say. And so having to ha- having that positive influence. And when it comes to nutrition, talking about, hey, maybe being, hey, did you guys have your snack before coming out here today? Or what did everyone pack to recover with while we're having our team talk afterwards? Or maybe even if you're club level or you have a really supportive booster club, maybe there's things that the parents could do. Like, could we send some of our funds for like chocolate milk after tough workouts? Or could we have um, like a little bit of a, you know, maybe a mini fueling station for our athletes? Because nutrition is so important when it comes to athletic performance. Yeah. And I totally echo that, you know, you're, you're a huge influence way more than parents, right? Cause what we were things, you know, that, that could impact my playing time and my, you know, status on the team and my college prospects and things like that. So coaches are like super, super influential. Um, be a good example yourself, right? Carry your water bottle when you're out at tournaments or traveling with the team, like make good choices, you know, don't get the burger and fries if you don't want them eating burger and fries. You know, I, I tell my athletes when you travel for, um, tournaments, like you're there to perform, you're not there on vacation. Well, neither's a coach. So don't eat like you're on vacation, be a good role model for your, um, for your tournaments or for your athletes. And the one thing, and I know no coach wants to admit that they do this, but I, they do. Um, I've heard it uh, in, in various um, different forms. Please, 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 please do not talk to your athletes about their weight. I was going to say this. Do not talk to your athletes about their weight. And it's not just girls. I'm talking boys too. Okay. There is enough, there are enough problems with how they feel about themselves without their coach telling them they're overweight or underweight. All boys want to be big and strong, Mm -hmm. right? A 14 year old boy does not have the hormones to hit the gym effectively. So don't tell him that. All right, please let's focus on what are the performance vectors? You need to increase your stamina, your strength, your agility, your endurance, those kinds of things versus you need to lean out so that you can be faster. No, we're going to work on your speed. We're going to work on, you know, I don't tell them how to increase their flexibility or um, their agility or anything like that. So I'm trying to stay in my lane and please just stay in yours as well. Um, because kids are fragile. Yes. They're very, very very, very fragile at these middle school, high school ages, and even early college. Mm-hmm. A lot of body changes going on. They can't control any of that. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and look at the parents. You know, if, a, if you got a lean kid and you see that the dad is lean, the kid is not going to be a linebacker, right? That's just not in the phenotype. So, you know, and girls will go through like this 
or well, boys too, like the out and then up and then mm -hmm. out and then up, you know, where they, they put on the weight first and then they grow tall. Um, and that's a natural, that's a natural thing. And so, you know, like a 14 year old girl should never be uh, punished or, or highlighted mm -hmm. that her weight is a problem because it'll resolve itself. Right. Mm -hmm. Yes. About, you know, good nutrition and fueling appropriately. And then those performance vectors, mm -hmm. um, that are important to the game, that you're playing, right? So those are the big things for me um, mm -hmm. that I see and fight a lot. Um, yes. There's also a lot of, like you said, like my coach told me I shouldn't eat this and, or this is, you know, all my, my strength and conditioning coach put me on a bulk and cut diet or whatever. And all of a sudden you're eating 6,000 calories and mm -hmm. that's not really right for you. Mm -hmm. So like beware of giving nutrition advice, you know, I like the idea of creating awareness. Let's talk about, oh, who packed, you know, what do you have for breakfast this morning? What'd you bring for recovery? You know, to just awareness, not necessarily dictating it. Mm -hmm. um, you know, oh, what are you going to have for dinner when you get home? You know, my, my personal trainer actually asked me that on, uh, <laughs> well, piece of beer, sorry. <laughs> you know, but yeah. last time I had salmon and it was really good. So, you know, there's, there's awareness building versus like, holding their feet to the fire about nutrition. They are not professional athletes. They're kids. So let them be kids. Um, and just set in a good example and then encourage and reinforce. If you notice an uptick in performance and even, you know, you may notice or know that they're working on their diet or working with a dietitian or their fueling strategy and you notice an uptick in performance, like say something because mm -hmm. that creates buy-in. So, and carries a lot more weight than parents. So, yes. All right. So the next thing I wanted to uh, we're going to kind of talk about is you'd even talked about Instagram earlier. Um, there is a lot of stuff out there, um, and I call it misinformation on nutrition. What are some things that maybe when we're talking to players and parents beyond just hey, let's get a dietitian in here. We'll kind of hear what they say. Someone that's actually you know a specialist in this area. What are some good things out there? Uh, that parents can maybe go and research? Are there websites out there? Are there actually things on social media that are helpful? Because uh, we all know you can go down a rabbit hole and end up, you need to talk about bulking and just crazy diets that are out there. And, oh, try this uh, supplement and all that type of stuff. And that's another thing that kind of pops up is kids talking about creatine and I'm going to take whey protein and all this. When does that even come into this? Is that stuff that these players should even be thinking about? Um, should they be waiting? Let's get through my growth until my, you know, my mid twenties, late twenties, when my body has kind of figured out what it wants to do with itself and then start adding things in. Uh, what are some of, maybe what are some of the misinformations out there and where are things that we can find out that are actually helpful? Uh, Lindsay, go ahead. For misinformation. I think the biggest one I'm seeing these days is carbs are bad. Like low carb. I hear a lot of that, especially athletes will be like, oh, well, my, my mom and dad are trying not to eat carbs. So our dinners won't normally have carbs in them and really educating the athlete and their family on why carbs are so important for, for athletes, athletes of all ages, not just our young athletes um, and, and being like, okay, like, but you may not be exercising two to three hours a day. Like your athlete is. So you're your carb needs aren't quite as high, um, but your athlete does need these carbs and it's going to help them develop more as an athlete. It's going to help 
a lot with keeping the brain happy, muscles happy, and, and just realizing that carbs are not evil. Like just because something is like looking at a carb, eating a carb is not going to make you fat. Like carbs can be very helpful, especially when it comes to energy levels. And they should be something that are con consumed regularly throughout the day. It's not something that we're, we're just trying to omit from our diets. And there's lots of vitamins, minerals, and fiber in there as well. So I'm a big fan of carbs. And I think athletes and their families are always surprised like how passionate I am about carbohydrates because it is something that with, I think the rise of like keto diet, low carb diets, whatever diets we want to put out there, I'm seeing that athletes are actually eating like not all of them. Some of them are eating like higher fat, high protein, low carb diets unintentionally just because of, of what's out there and what is considered healthy these days. Jennifer, what's some of the things you're seeing out there that kind of misinformation wise? Um, and, and a lot of, so missing, yes, but it's all like, there's a kernel of truth in everything. And that's like, there was a study once upon a time, but then you have to really look at the study. How big was the base size? Was it peer reviewed in a journal? Like, was it among old men, but we're talking about 14 year old boys, you know, or, or bodybuilders. A lot of them look at the bodybuilders because they do a lot of social media. Um, and what are they doing? You know, and that's not really relevant for a 16 year old girl playing soccer, you know, it, which are not the ones who are following the bodybuilders, but you know, um, so there's like kernels in there, but may just not be relevant to what your goals are as a teen athlete. Um, if it's too good to be true, it's, or too shocking to even, you know, unless it's about trans fat, if it's too shocking to even believe, you know, that's clickbait. They, they make money when you go into their site because they've been shocking, but it's probably like somewhere in the middle. Um, there's, I've got a lot of questions recently on like testosterone and things that kill testosterone. That seems to be a hot topic, um, you know, among the 17, 18, 19 year old men, boys, um, because there's a lot, there's just a lot of buzz about it right now and never eat this and don't, you know, and my message is always balance. Like if you give one food that much weight in your diet, that's a problem for lots of reasons, right? So balance your diet, make sure you're eating a variety of foods um, so that no one thing is going to kill you, right? Or kill your performance or your hormone levels or whatever. Um, macros seem to be like counting your macros, uh, seems to be big on social media right now. That's like a trend, um, which is not terrible, um, but it's also not like a magic bullet. So um, yeah, that's, you know, getting into the diet and looking at, you know, what am I really, really eating once or twice and then managing it from there to just be aware, but like counting calories, counting your macros, getting really um, focused and, uh, almost obsessive about it is not a healthy mm -hmm. way to be with your food. Right. So I try to discourage some of that, like, let's take a snapshot and kind of see where we are and what adjustments we might want to make. And then, you know, in general, go about it this way versus like be really strict, keep a diary, do all these things. I don't, that's not healthy for kids yeah. to get into those habits. Um, what are options then in terms of, are there websites that one could go to? You mentioned FDA earlier, kind of, is that kind of a, a place to go or is there, you just kind of have to find them or I don't know if there is stuff that you can literally just say, Hey, go to this website, or is it just good to look up dietitians blogs and kind of read through what they have? 
Yeah, right. I mean, I I always recommend if we're like looking up stuff, like who's who's giving the message, right? So yeah. if someone, I mean, I feel like TikTok is the thing now. I'm not on TikTok, but I know a lot of my athletes are on TikTok and who's giving the message or, or what are we looking at here and trying to find, okay, well, what do dietitians think about this? Because dietitians, we have a lot of education. Um, we have to get licensed. There's a, a lot of um, like rules, I guess, for us to follow and structure for us to follow to get our title. And so we are supposed to be preaching research-backed information. And so most dietitians, I do feel like follow this and so it's looking looking for those and there's definitely a lot of a lot more to coming out from sports dietitians um and talking all about all things sports um but there's constantly new things coming up out and and i had a couple athletes ask me there was two supplements i can't remember the names of them they're gonna send them over to me later that i have not heard of so there's constantly things coming out and i'm honest with my athletes if i have not heard of this i'm not i'm not gonna tell you yes no i'm gonna say let's look into this let's talk like let's let's see what it actually is and and go from there because i'm not gonna pretend i know something that i don't I'm sorry, you mentioned the supplement idea, and I kind of brought that up. Mm -hmm. Is supplementation something that players at the age of 14, 15, I mean, at what point is supplementation something that might need to be looked at? Uh, Honestly, Jennifer. Um, I think, so I think it's important for athletes to really understand what their body can do by itself, Right. So push your boundaries, challenge yourself, get to the point once you're grown up, you know, like 17, 18 years old, you know, you're, you're sort of done, like boys will continue to grow, but you're sort of through puberty for the most part. Right. And you can really push yourself in the gym, push yourself um, on the track, you know, whatever it is and find your limits before you start supplementing them. Because if you never know what you're actually capable of, you know, you might surprise yourself, um, and you just start supplementing right away, then, you know, it kind of, I don't know, doesn't feel right. You know, it's kind of like, well, but you could have done that on your own and you're putting all this stock in the, and money into the supplement when you could have just done that on your own, if you really understood what your body could do, um, which is always way more than we think it can do. Supplements in general, um, there are several that are well-researched and accepted whey protein. I have, I really don't have a whole lot of problem with people using whey protein if they're, uh, don't have an intolerance to whey or anything like that. Um, even at the younger ages, it's a good way during growth spurts to like make up some of that gap. Um, it, it's convenient you know, too. It's convenient. You put it in a smoothie, it sets well, like it's, it's, that's the one that like, I would be okay using that in a early teen, you know? Um, creatine, no, like it's generally recognized as, you know, safe. It works for most people. It's a good thing, but it's something that you're not going to really need until you're kind of at a certain point in your training. Um, and I would say that's kind of around that, you know, 17, 18, 19 is when you can start to think about using that once you've pushed yourself as far as you think you can go. Right. Um, I know it's super trendy and all the guys in the weight room are like, yeah, I got my creatine and, you know, they got all their stuff, you know, that they're trying to, but it's expensive. Um, it's not researched among kids. So any research on supplements is never done among a youth population. So there's no like guarantee. Um, and then just the supplement industry in and of itself. And Lindsay, if you want to weigh in here too, like yeah, there it's, proprietary blends and all that stuff, not well, it's not regulated at all. So, 
um, not necessarily safe, depending on what you're getting. Yeah. No experience with some of those things. Yeah. And I mean, and to kind of piggyback on that is when athletes, because I feel like they'll ask me about supplements, like in our first session, I'm like, well, I'm not talking anything about supplements until let's again, go back to the bottom of that pyramid. Uh, let's look at our diet and our diet's going to do way more for you than a supplement can. And if a supplement is making these claims that sound good to be sound too good to be true, then that supplement probably isn't legal if it does those things or it's not really going to do those things because they can put whatever they want to. They can make any claims they want to um, on those bottles. So I'm not anti-supplement, but I definitely think let's look at your diet. Um, obviously, if we're, you know, vitamin D deficient, then we're going to supplement with that. But I really look at I want to look at what your diet looks like. What does your training look like? Are those matching up very well? And for most teenagers, that's a no. So we can start with that. Um, and then I have some parents that are like gung-ho on like their kid taking supplements. So we can address that. Or I have some that are like absolutely 100% no. And I'm never going to be like, oh, yes, your kid has to be on this protein powder because they need it. Um, unless, you know, their kid's eating like 30 grams of protein a day or something. But but most of the time we can accomplish what we need to with diet uh, and, and go from there. Yeah, because you can get everything in a supplement from food. Mm -hmm. So no no supplement really gives you anything that you can't get in your diet. Mm -hmm. So we've covered a lot of things from issues that teens and young adults run into in terms of getting nutrition. We've talked about what good nutrition looks like, um, fueling and hydration, mm -hmm. and kind of the idea of what does that look like if you're an athlete, um, the role of the coach in that. And we've just talked about kind of maybe some of the misinformation and some of the things to be hesitant about and things to look for uh, in terms of developing quality nutritional habits. With all of that, and I know there's so much, and we've kind of just tipped that like the tip of the iceberg on this. And I'm just going to let you, what are some things that maybe that are in your, as we've just talked here tonight, have kind of popped up in your head and you feel like, Hey, this is some things that people need to kind of keep an eye on or something maybe that came up that you want to make sure that we stress uh, before we shut this thing down. Lindsay, I'll let you go first. Yeah. I'm kind of back on that social media topic because um, a lot of athletes will come to me and both girls and boys will come to me and they're like wanting to look like what, whoever this person is or this professional athlete um, that they're seeing and just realizing that you are a young athlete and most of those professional athletes that you're looking at, they have been training for years to get those, their bodies. And some of that's genetics and a lot of, you know, some of that's hard work too, but we're not going to look like, you know, a professional football player when we're 16 years old. Like that's just, it's not going to happen. And then from, uh, I feel like I hear this more from my females, like, Hey, I want to look like this influencer I see on Instagram. Well, that influencer probably most likely is not training to to play in tournaments or to win games or to go play in college. And there's different diets for different goals. Like if our goal in life is only to have a six pack, that diet's going to look very different than someone whose goal is like, I don't want to get injured. I want to have energy. I want to be able to perform at my highest level. Those diets are going to look very different. And so it's like, what's important to you, the six pack or the athletic performance? Because the they're not going to look the same. Jennifer, Jennifer, final thoughts. 
Yeah, those, those are great points. Um, and then also, you know, I'm always trying to keep in mind, like they're kids, mm -hmm. right? They're kids. They're not professional athletes. They're not even really elite athletes mm -hmm. most of the time. Um, you know, they need to enjoy food. They need to have a positive relationship with food with or without the sport. Um, and they're not going to make hundred percent perfect choices. I mean, no parent ever has seen their kid make hundred percent perfect choices and that's okay. Um, you know, if they go out to Canes on Friday nights, uh, you know, that's fine. As long as they don't have like a 8am game the next day. Right. Like, there's a time and a place. And it's, it's not, we're not the food police as parents and coaches, um, you know, and, and you gotta let them figure it out and just support them on the journey because at some point they're not gonna be playing sport. They're going to have to have, um, some good healthy habits, you know, in life. And that's really what we want to see, uh, as they grow up. So not only their performance, but that, you know, they can enjoy the journey and be set up for success in the future. Well, I want to say thank you to both of you, Lindsay Hazard and Jennifer Searles for taking the time. The information you have shared has been awesome. And I can't wait to kind of clip and share and all the types of things, lots of awesome nuggets, uh, not only for coaches, but players, parents, like we talked about, there's a whole bunch of people that are a part of the player dynamic. And I love the idea of building a foundation. That's a great way, like a visual, even for me in terms of that pyramid. So big thank you to that. Anybody else that was out there watching this, I appreciate it. Uh, I'm going to shut this thing down. This is Karen with Coach's Corner Chats, and I'm out. Peace. What a great chat. Thanks for checking it out. If you haven't done so already, follow us on Twitter at Coaches Let's Chat. Hit that subscribe button. And once again, if you get a chance, drop a review. It's super, super helpful for growing the podcast. Have a good one. Peace.